Welcome to Cloverleaf Chiropractic Show. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how to enhance your health, vitality, quality of life to reach 100 years of age. Welcome to the Cloverleaf Chiropractic Show, a podcast advocating wellness, life, and healing from within. With 38 years in practice, 50,000 patients, and over 1 million chiropractic adjustments, Here's your host, Dr. Daniel Abector. My name is Dr. Daniel Abector, Dr. Chiropractic, and today we're going to talk about what to do to reach 100 years of age. Stay tuned, and I'm doing this show to educate the public on health and wellness, and we're going to talk about health to be to live a long life. So what is the key to longevity? How do we make it to 100? Things that we can do to change our lives so that we can reach 100 years of age, but not only live longer, but live with good quality of life. Would you rather be live to 100 and be in a nursing home, or would you rather live to 100 and be in a cruise ship and enjoy your life and have fun and do all the things that you want to do? So some of the statistics in the U.S., in 1980, there was only 30,000 people that lived to 100 years of age. In 2009, there was 100,000 people that lived to 100 years of age. And now we're predicting that in 2050, there will be at least a million people that will live to 100 years of age. So we have a body that's designed to be around for at least 120 years. So we have the ability to live to 100 at least. My uh, father's family, they all lived, you know, very old and over 100 years of age. My father's mom was 103 years old when she passed away. And she lived by herself, cooked every day. She would go to the market every day until the last day that she died. So she was 103 years of age, but she was active and she was able to do whatever she wanted to do. So I went to the doctor for an examination for my dad. And the nurse sat down with my dad and asked him and said, well, you know, what was your family's health like? You know, how old did your mom live? And how old did your dad live? And how old did your sister and your brother? And he would respond, well, they just died, you know, each person just died of old age. They're just, you know, and they lived to 90, 95, 100, 103. And every person he went by, and he had a big family, I just sat there and listened to him, and I couldn't believe it, but every person died of old age. Nobody really died of an illness. And everybody lived a long, long life. So my dad was passed away about a year ago, and he was 94 years old. And he would have lived to over 100. But unfortunately, my mom passed away after surgery. And after that happened, he just didn't want to live. And even though he was healthy, he just didn't want to be around. And basically, he just missed her. So I know for a fact that he would have made it to 100. So basically, babies that are born today 
will live to longer than 120 years of age. They will live to about 150 years of age because with time, people are living longer and they're able to extend their lives. So right now, there's about 100,000 centenarian living in this country. By 2050, they're saying that in the world, there will be 3.2 million people that will live to over 100. So centenarian are people that live to 100 or more, and they're one of the fastest growing population. So let's talk a little bit about life expectancy. In 1900, the life expectancy, expectancy of a person was 47 years of age. In 1950, it was 68 years of age. In 2000, it was 77 years of age. And today, it's 79 years of age. So, as we can see, life expectancy is getting longer and longer and longer. There was a lady, one of the ladies that lived the longest. Her name was Madame Jane Calment. She was from France. She lived in Art, France, and she was one of the oldest centenarian who died at age 122, almost 123. And she took up fencing at age 85. She was riding a bike up to about 100 years of age. She released a, a rap CD at age 121. She was still learning, growing, staying physically active as she reached and surpassed 100 years mark. So it's exciting that the quantity of years is on the increase, but what concerns me is the quality of life is the quality increasing also most people say they want to live don't want to live to 100 so we can see that if you look at the u.s you know we're really not the healthiest country in the world the world health organization says that we're almost last as far as health is concerned we're 51 out of 53 industrialized nation and we suffer with a lot of illnesses such as cancer heart disease diabetes and the numbers are going up every day. So it's nice to be able to live longer, but we also have to figure out a way to have quality of life. So longevity is 25% genetic, 25% social economic status, and 50% lifestyle. So we can control about 75% of our longevity and destiny. Genetics does not really play a big factor. There has never been one centenarian whose parents were centenarian as well. So one thing that centenarians all have in common, there's about 10 things that they basically do that, you know, makes a difference. One of the things that they talk about is strong relationships is important. Decreasing the stress, the physical, the chemical, the emotional stress is important. Number three, have to have purpose and passion for life. Purpose is important because you have to have a reason, a reason to live and a passion for life. You have to be a student, number four. In other words, you have to constantly learn and never stop learning. Having a healthy diet, we all know that's important. That's number five. Number six, exercise. If you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't walk, 
your knees are gonna get stiff and they're not gonna move around too well and they're gonna get ill eventually. Your ankles, your hips, every part of your body, your shoulders. Accept new ideas, that's number seven. Never be closed-minded and be open to new ideas. My dad, he was about 90 years of age when he started, you know, he wanted a computer and he wanted, and he would sit on the computer all the time and play with Facebook and play games and do all kinds of things on the computer. He got an iPhone at about age 91 and he had no fear whatsoever, you know, playing with the iPhone. He learned how to use it and he was, you know, very happy. One of my friends has a grandmother that's 92 years old and she's constantly on the computer, on the iPhone, on the iPad, you know, doing puzzles and things like She's always occupied and, you know, keeping busy. So life is also about serving others. Being happy is important. Having a healthy nervous system is important. Getting adjusted, making sure that your body is functioning at 100%. So those are the 10 things that are important. So what are some of the keys to maintaining a natural, healthy lifestyle? So 100 years ago, there was about 3 million people that lived to about 65 years of age. Today, there's 33 million Americans that live over the age of 65. As the baby boomer come up, that number is expected to double over the next 30 years. Currently, 80% of the seniors have at least one chronic condition, and 50% of the seniors have at least two chronic conditions. About 12 million senior Americans living at home report that the chronic condition limits their activities. So research is showing that a healthy lifestyle is very important, much more important than genetics in helping people live longer and you know and age healthier so if you're physically active if you eat healthy do not use tobacco and you practice a healthy behavior you definitely will reduce the risk for chronic diseases and you will have half the rate of disability of those who do not we know how to make people live longer but how do we increase the quality of life you know and today seems like a lot of older people are taking a lot of medication and some of the medication will help you live longer but they will take away some quality of your life for example a cholesterol medication might reduce the amount of placking in your arteries but one of the side effects is alzheimer's so yes you're going to extend certain things but you're going to cause other things so it's so important to make sure that you balance what you do and that you're not taking a whole bunch of medication just to treat the symptoms and that you make sure that you're not causing more damage. So you have to be proactive. You have to listen to your body. You have to work with your limitation. You have to plan your day's activities. You have to avoid boring situation redundancies. Like muscles, bone is a living tissue that responds to exercise and it can become stronger. Bone mass peaks at about the third decade of your life. And after that time, you start losing bone mass. So once you reach that age of 30 years of age, 
you know, you start losing some of the bone mass unless you do certain things like increase the exercise, increase the activity, strengthen your bone, going to the gym, lifting weights, doing certain things that will help you. So exercising allows us to uh, maintain muscle strength, coordination, and balance, which in turn will help prevent falls and fractures. are listening to the Cloverleaf Chiropractic Show. Osteoporosis is a major public health right now for about 44 million Americans. There's 44 million Americans right now that have problems with osteoporosis. 68% of the people that have osteoporosis are women. In the U.S. today, 10 million individuals have Osteoporosis, 34 million have low bone mass. In other words, they're not there yet, but the amount of bone mass is, is decreasing. And one out of every two women will have this, and one out of every four men over the age of 50 will have some kind of osteoporosis-related fracture in their lifetime. Osteoporosis can strike at any age. It can happen even at a younger age. So it's responsible for at least 1.5 million fracture annually. About 300,000 hip fractures can be caused because of the osteoporosis. 700,000 vertebral fracture, in other words, fractures in your spine can be caused from osteoporosis. And another 300,000 you know, will occur in other places, all like the wrist fractures, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and it's a very expensive situation. Based on the figures from the hospital and nursing home, we estimate that $14 billion a year are being spent on fractures and related, you know, health care that, you know, occur because of the bone fractures. So as part of the aging process, bone becomes to break down faster and faster than the new bone can be formed. So basically what osteoporosis does, it takes away the minerals that makes up the support structures in your bone, in your, all the bone structures in your body. So it's been estimated that about 15% of the population suffers from also from arthritis. And about 200,000 children have some form of arthritis. And there's three kinds of arthritis that most people suffer from. Osteoarthritis is one of them. The second one is rheumatoid arthritis. And the third one is gout. And gout comes from the diet, you know, eating rich food that basically when you don't restrict your diet. So the disease can cause inflammation in the joints, in the tendons, the cartilage, the ligaments, and basically it affects the body. One of the things that happen is pain. As you get older, you have to cope with pain. And pain is the body's way to respond to an injury. And basically what happens is the nerve sends messages through the spinal cord and that basically goes into the joint and that can cause pain in different parts of your body. So the body can heal, but the pain can still stay and it can affect the muscles and it can cause stiffness and it can cause uh, weakness or spasm. So 
how do we manage the pain? Once we do have the pain, most of us go to the doctor and we'll take certain medications. And a lot of older people, as they get older, they start taking medication for pain. And some of the medications such as opioid, which are very addictive and not so healthy for us. So one of the things that we should do is participate in exercise that are low impact, that are not gonna cause any more damage and that the body can support. For example, walking is probably one of the best exercise that you can participate with. So walking improves the circulation and improves the vascular elasticity and the circulation in your body. So start slowly, maybe start with one mile and work your way up to about three miles a day three days a week to start. And then eventually, if you want to do it every day, then that's okay too. So buy some good walking shoes and it doesn't cost anything to go walking. All you have to do is go in the street and start walking. You know, get some friends together and start walking as a group, you know, and relax and enjoy and unwind and, you know, enjoy the scenery and really enjoy walking. Find a nice place to go and enjoy the environment. It's so important. Stretching is another thing that we could do that helps the body. Stretching helps the body in, in, in stretching the ligaments, the tendons, the joints. Yoga is a good form of exercise. So that's one thing that a lot of people are very involved with. Tai Chi, uh, swimming. I love swimming. I think swimming is probably the best exercise anyone can do because it's low impact and you're not really putting so much stress on the joint. If you're having problem with your knees or your ankles or your hips, you can go in the water and you're gonna be floating and that's gonna, it's not gonna cause any problem. So that's another type of exercise that's important. I love biking, it's low impact and biking is, you know, helps the body and it's not like running. Biking is low impact and it's, you know, healthy for you. So I do a lot of biking. I've been doing that for the last 15, 20 years. One thing that's also important when you get older or, you know, even when you're younger is also the diet, eating healthy, making sure that you have a balanced diet, making sure that you take your vitamins. Vitamins are so important especially when it comes to bone strength you know we talked about the last podcast we talked about vitamin d and we talked about how important it is to have vitamin d to make sure that your bone strength is there and that you know you rebuild your bones properly and that's one of the things that we talked about last podcast is that 75 percent of the population is deficient of vitamin d so Drinking water is really important as you get older. As you get older, most people don't want to drink water because if you drink water, you have to go to the bathroom and, you know, people don't want to do that. They don't want to get up in the middle of the night and have to go to the bathroom once or twice or three times. So drinking 10 ounces of a glass of water per day will keep the kidneys healthy and will keep the kidneys active, dilute and remove all the toxins from your body. So a lot of times people say, well, I drink coffee. That's not the same thing as water. Coffee is not a substitute or tea or soft drinks or alcohol. All these things are actually diuretic, which promote excretion of water in your body. So don't substitute water for coffee or tea or, or drinks or alcohol. 
you know. Dehydration is a huge problem, especially if you live in Florida. And, you know, a lot of people suffer from dehydration. And I see that all the time in my practice. So drinking water is important. When you think you're drinking enough, most likely you're not. And, you know, you may think that you don't need to increase the amount of water that you drink. You can never drink too much water. So healthy living is one of the things that older people do and that will make you live longer. It's very important. So planning your meals properly, what you put inside of your body can affect the outside of your body. What you eat, you know, can affect your body. And it's a science. You have to figure out what's good for you and what works for your body and whether you're getting enough protein or enough fats. Without the proper nutrition, you're not going to be able to manage your activities properly and you're not going to get stressed or tired if you don't eat healthy or if you eat the wrong food. Fiber is also something that's important as you get older. Fiber and digestion, you know, eating the proper amount of fibers, you know, helps clean your digestive system and your digestive tract. And there's a lot of food that will give you the fiber and it's so important to have them every day. Fruits are so important, you know, because it helps your your digestion. Vegetables, beans, lentils, whole grains, nuts, and seeds will help regulating your elimination system and, you know, also allows you to be regular. Healthy essential fatty acids, omega-3 fatty acids improve the cell membrane. Omega-3 fatty acids are found in flaxseed oil or fish. Fat are necessary to make hormones and hormones are very important to become healthy. So buy good oil, you know, buy olive oil, you know, don't buy the cheap oil that's not healthy for you. You have to take time out for yourself. You have to have quiet time. You have to, prayers are important. Meditation is important. Reading a book is important. Having entertainment is important. You know, having time to chill out, having time to go on a vacation is not a luxury. Taking a vacation is a must, and you must have some time for yourself to change your environment. And one of the things that we chiropractors talk about that it's so important to have chiropractic care and maintain your spine in good health, making sure that your joint, your muscles, your nerves, your soft tissue is healthy. So proper communication between the brain and the body is what tells your body what to do. You know, what tells your heart what to do? It's the brain, the nervous system. What tells your lung what to do? What tells your stomach how to digest the food? Is your nervous system. So in order to have a body functioning at 100%, you have to have healthy communication from the nervous system to the body. So all these things will help you and, you know, it'll make you a healthier person and it will help you live longer and basically improve the quality of life. It's not about just living longer. It's also about having quality. Do you want to be in a nursing home at 100 or do you want to be on a cruise? Personally, I'd rather be on a cruise ship, enjoy myself, have a good time, go dancing, listen to music, and, you know, have fun. That's what life is all about. So I hope you found this information valuable. Again, 
Look us up on Instagram, Facebook, subscribe, and share the information with your friends and family. And uh, thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Cloverleaf Chiropractic Show. Please subscribe and leave a helpful review. 